Okay, so welcome back to our ongoing series of Shirin and Dafiomi. We are now on Masachik Tuvot Dav Vav Amudbet at the bottom of the Amud. And we are in this podcast going to complete our investigation of the issue of Bia Rishon of Shabbat and several attendant issues. And then the second half of the Shir will be devoted to introducing us to the issue of Birchat Chatanin. The special brachot said uh, either uh, the first day or for all seven days uh, following the Chupah. And the next podcast, which will be the final podcast of this initial week, will complete that particular subject. At the very bottom of the Amud, if you recall, we just came to the conclusion that Biat, biat Mitzvah is Mutar B'Shabbat. Meitiv Rabbi Yami, so he challenges it. Hamapis Mursar B'Shabbat, if you lance a boil. If you're doing it in order to open up the, the create an opening to ventilate, then you're chayav because that's like bonet. It's a poteh petach. But if you're doing it to get the pus out, patur. And like Rashi points out, patur is understood in this context as mutar. Uh, it's a sugi at the beginning of Masachat Shabbat. This is considered mutar. So it's absolutely permitted to make such a hole. So how could anybody argue, because after all, in the case of Dam Betulim, that's what you're trying to do, is to get the Dam out. How could anybody argue that it's Asur? The answer is that there's a physiological difference between the, the relationship between Pas and the skin and um, and uh, and Dam Betulim. Atam Pakid V'akir. In the case of Pas, it's totally disconnected. It's uprooted from the skin. It's sitting in a separate sack. Hacha Pakid V'lo'akir. In the case, even if you say Dam Mifkar Pakid, Nonetheless, it is still within the within the tissue. Now, Rabbi Ami Rabbi Ami himself permitted Biyur Shon Shabbat. He either arranged a chuppah for a, um, a newborn, uh, sorry, newlyweds that were she was a tulat on Friday, or in some way they came and asked him as a tutar, and he said yes. So parenthetically, the student said, Rabbi, but she doesn't have a tulat. And it's Friday night, so how can you allow them to have beer Rishona without a ketubah? It's a sugi we'll deal with later on in the Masechet. So he said, go grab some metaltalin of his, and hold on to them, and that will be a collateral, as it were, against the ketubah until after Shabbat when it can be written. There's some interesting halachot that come out of there, but they are not me'inyanen. Zvid also permitted for beer Shabbat. According to some versions, he himself was Boel first Biyah the Shabbat. Now, Rav Yehuda, here's a report that he allowed it first on Yom Tov. Papi Mishmei de Rava. So pay attention to who's speaking. It's Rav Papi in the name of Rava. Don't think that Rav Yehuda only allowed it on Yom Tov and not on Shabbat. He would allow it on Shabbat also. It happened to be Yom Tov, and that's for that's what we reported. But he would allow it on Shabbat. Now, Rav Papa, Mishmei Durav, remember, Rav had two students, many students, but among them, Rav Papa and Rav Papi, and it's easy to get them confused, obvious reasons. Rav Papa, Mishmei Durav, Amar, Yom Tov, Shabbat Asur. He said that Rav actually read Rav Yehuda's ruling as being specifically about Yom Tov and not about Shabbat. So, I'm Rav Papi, Rav Papa. So, Rav Papi, who maintained that Rav, held that it was both Shabbat and Yom Tov, is challenging Rav Papa, who claims that Rav maintained it was only in Yom Tov. He said, what would be your reason? Because if it's Mutar and Shabbat and Yom Tov, it's not a Malacha. But if it's only Mutar and Yom Tov and not on Shabbat, it's because it's a Malacha, and there is the consideration on Yom Tov, which is trumping it. So let's hear what he thinks. Ma'adateh, what's your reasoning? 
so our Papa answered back, relative to that point, the Pasuk says, look at the page, Pasuk number one, that which is eaten by everyone can be made on, on Yom Tov, meaning the Rosh HaVelechol Nefesh. And the Mugmar is something that only particular people like. So he said, hearing this conversation, the next generation, they were commenting and said, Are you going to argue that if suddenly you get a Tzvi, it's a very expensive and hard to get animal, you get one on Yom Tov. Real Ve'ino Shavelachol Nevesh says not everybody can eat a tzvi. People can't afford it. Hanami Dasul the Mishchate. So you're not allowed to shecht it because you're going to say shechita is not mutar for this tzvi because some other people can't eat it. You're going to say that only things that everybody has access to are mutar Yom Tov. Amale Ana Dovar Tzorachol Nevesh Kamina. I said that what I meant was things that everybody needs. Tzvi Tzorachol Nevesh In other words, it's food and everybody needs food. And the fact that it's expensive meat and most people can't afford it does not make it not Dovar Shavelachol Nevesh as opposed to the mugmar, the sense that most people don't like to use. All right. That, by the way, that parenthetically, the issue of the mugmar was brought up in recent times as an argument against allowing smoking on Yom Tov because of the, uh, the argument that smoking is not a Dabar Shavel Smoking, after all, is an issue of Havara. Besides whatever other issues, it's an issue of Havara. But because it is not a Dabar Shavel because, after all, many people choose not to smoke, and most people choose not to smoke, and even... Uh, those who do, who are smoking, are not necessarily choosing to and are trying to stop. So, therefore, the argument is advanced that smoking in Yom Tov is smoking is everywhere. Smoking in Yom Tov would really be asur because there is no hatter of ochel nefesh of ochel nefesh. Um, okay, um, good. So now back to our original discussion. Rabbi Yochanan instructed. Now the word harai we're going to deal with in a minute. But uh, that word means he gave instruction. Asur levov v'chilav v'shabbat. Yochanan said, you're not allowed to have first b'yeh v'shabbat. Mika rala yisr, since when is the verb l'horot ever associated with a prohibition? It, normally it is, uh, it is a permission. So the answer is in. It is v'atanan, as you have a mishnah. Horua v'etel al-shtein nazira od shara shnei v'chirot. In a particular context of a confusion about the nature of nazirut. V'etel instructed that a particular woman has to have another seven years of nazirut. So you see that instruction can be sometimes a prohibition or chumrah. In Amiki Adetanyo, you have the following Baita. Chuta Shidrash Nifsat Burubo. Divrei Rebbe, as far as the Tumat Oel, right, the, the, uh, the, uh, the spine, if uh, most of it is broken up, the Rebbe, the Yechel Mera, Fidin Nikev, even if it's just punctured, actually this may be a trephus. Hora Rabbi Kerbiako, but Rebbe Hora Kerbiako, which means that he instructed and it was the chumrah. So again, we're not interested in the details here, we're interested that the Mishnah will use the word Horah, that the Tanaim will use the word Horah to indicate, on occasion, a ruling which is stringent 
and therefore we shouldn't be surprised that Rabbi Yocho is hora that it's asur to be a rishon of Shabbat. I'm Rav Huna. Ain halacha kabiyakov. All right. Parenthetically, we don't rule like kabiyakov. Good. Rabbi Yitzchak Manihachi and Ravahu Mashal Rishma of Manihachov. The Minsur of Yochan Mitzaydan. The other version of the story of Rabbi Yochanan was ruling was they asked him va'ana shami mali v'v'tchilav b'Shabbat. They asked him, can you have first be of a Shabbat? Amarle asur. So it wasn't hora that he issued an instruction, but rather that he answered asur. Good. And, and that's the end of the sugya. Whether a betula or an amana, she needs to have bracha, she requires a bracha. And our assumption is, for all seven days of the celebration, every meal needs a bracha. That's what we think. Since when did Rav Huna say such a thing? Rav Huna, Almanah, Inatuna, Bracha. So an Almanah does not require Bracha. So Lokasha, the way we resolve it right now, is Kan Bachur Shnas Almanah, Kan Be'alman Shnas Almanah. If it's a guy getting married for the first time, then there is a Bracha. But if both of them have been married before, then there is no Bracha. That's how we're resolving it right now. Be'alman Shnas Almanah, Lo, is it true that an Almon who marries an Almanah does not need a Bracha? How do I know that Berchat Chatanim, what we call Sheva Brachot, needs a minion? Shinemar, in the last part of Sefer Miyot Ruth, it says, Boaz assembled ten elders, he got them together, and that's when he made the whole deal with Plani and the shoe. We got ten elders, and we use that as a uh, an allusion to the idea that you need a minion for Shavar, for Berchat Chatanim, which means, Boaz, who is an Almon, marrying Ruth as an Almanah, needed a bracha. Boaz, Almon, Shana, Salmanah, Havit. So, Mayinatuna, bracha. So, how do we answer this? Then, Ravuna, when Ravuna said, in Almanah, Enatuna, bracha, means Enatuna, bracha, kol shiva. Means she doesn't need a bracha all seven days. Well, Yomachad, Tuna, bracha. But certainly, at the chuppah and the first meal, she needs, she does have a bracha. Remember, in the last podcast, we had the statement that Shaktu Chachamim, Chachamim was zealous on behalf of the Almanah to make sure that he would rejoice with it for three days, and that's why they had the Chuppah be on Thursday in the later part, of the latter part of the day. What's the case? If the guy's the first time getting married, Hamar Shiva, you said that he needs seven. Ibalmon, if he's been married before, Hamar Yomachad, you said one day, so where does three days fit in? You could say that it's an Almon. The bracha is one day. But she gets three days of elating. He doesn't go to work. He stays with her. The other possibility is it's a bracha. That there's three days of simcha, but seven days of bracha. Good. So we have the following challenge uh, against the idea that an Almon only has one day. Sorry, the Bachur Almanah has seven days. We have a statement that says, that Betula has seven days, and Almanah is one, one day, and we don't distinguish as to who the husband is. Isn't that talking about Almanah? Even an Almanah who marries a first time guy. So, it's like an Almanah who marries an Almanah. What if she marries a Bachur? Shiva. So if that's the case, why did you spell it all out? A betula gets seven, an almanah marries a bachur gets seven, and the regular almanah gets one. So the answer is milt up sikhtatana. We just wanted to lay down simple rules. The lake of a tula, the batsumi shiva, there's no betula gets less than seven. The lake almanah, the batsumi yomachad, no almanah gets less than one. 
some of them are, may also get seven. Good, but that's at least the minimal thing. So just a couple minutes ago, we saw in the previous Amud, uh the allusion to the idea that you need a minyan from the story with Boaz. Rabbi Avalu disagreed, and he said, I infer from this pasuk that in the in the congregations they give blessing to they should bless God Hashem from the source of Israel. We'll see what that means, or at least what it midrashically means. Nachman, so now why did Rav Nachman not, not, not like the second pasuk? Why did he use the first one? I credibly have all my darsh, but what did he darsh? What did me buy the chadetanya of Meir Meir? How do I know that even uh, children who were in utero, who were Yamsuf, saying to Akorish Baruch Shemam Makelot Bachu Adonim Adonim Kol Yisrael, Bachu here is now not being seen as a command, but rather as a descriptive past tense. In the gatherings, they blessed God Hashem from the Makor, meaning while they're in the source, they're in the uterus, they still blessed Hashem. And so, what does Ranachon say? Imkein Lemakor Ami Bete. If that's the case, it should have said in Vatan, Mani Makor, Ali Makor. So this is what Ravau says. It's Ali Makor, meaning why does it mean Makor Yisrael? To teach you that it has something to do with reproduction. Makor is the, is, uh, is associated with Nida, etc. Rabbi Avau, he says, Baha'i Kodav Nachem, my darshbay, what does he do with Boaz? He said that Boaz didn't get ten guys together, ten elders together for Berchat Chatanin. He got ten elders together to publicize the fact that he's allowed to marry Ruth. And why is he allowed to marry Ruth? Why is there a problem? It's a problem because she's a Moaviyah. She had a darshan that the prohibition of the Torah is only against male Ammonim and male Moavim and not females. Because of its bracha, why does he need elders? You get ten men, why does he need ten elders? And so what does Rabbi Avahu say? Sorry, what does Rabbi Nachman say? What, if he has to publicize it, he needs ten? Why does he need ten? The answer is in the Fersuma Milta to publicize it. We, remember, we saw at the end of Yivamot that there were certain Amorim who insisted on always having five people there for Chalitza, even though you didn't need five, in order to let everybody know that this girl is a Chalitza. Here, it's in a tender to publicize the Halacha. Shmuel a student from Baghdad, and he told him, Go get me ten people. And in their, in their presence, publicize in my name, Particular halacha, we'll look at in a second. But the point was that he said, in order to publicize this halacha, which right now is in, uh, in uh, for dispute, uh, I want you to get ten people together. So he says, that's why Boaz got ten people together, to publicize the halacha, that he can, he's allowed to marry Ruth, but it's not for What is this halacha? If I want to bequeath something to someone who is not yet born, uh, Shmuel says, that's a valid kinyan. Parenthetically, the Gemara says, By the way, it is not a valid kinyan. So Shmuel assembled his ten men and publicized the halacha, but that indeed is not how the halacha plays out. And nonetheless, we have seen uh, that it is possible to interpret Boaz's actions as not being geared to Berchat Chatanim, but rather to publicizing the allowance to marry Ruth. Everyone should have a wonderful day. We will pick up with the Sugya of Berchat Chatanim, and we will see the text of Berchat Chatanim and uh, continue on until the bottom of Chet Amupet on the next podcast.